We'll read a verse tonight found in Lamentations chapter 3. Lamentations chapter 3 and verse 25. The Lord is good unto them that wait for him, to the soul that seeketh him. Can couple that with a verse in Psalm 107. 9 says, For he satisfieth the longing soul and filleth the hungry soul with goodness. The Lord honors his word. His word is alive, and he knows how to bring it to pass. He's the one that gives life, he's the one that gives victory. He's the one that makes bitter sweet. He's the one that leads us to the rock that is higher than we are. It's all in him. And we thank God for that. He knows how to fulfill his word. He doesn't need our help. He doesn't need an addendum. He doesn't need to rewrite a new contract. It's his word. It's settled in heaven. He authored it. He fulfills it. And that's comforting. We can rest in that. We could take God's word at face value and be encouraged by the fact that God will honor his word. And this, word, uh, this verse in Lamentations gives us an image three, uh, in 325. The Lord is good unto them that wait for him. And, and that, that word is not, uh, in the original, is not just a word that means killing time or waiting as if you're waiting in line. Or you're, you're waiting uh, for the work day to be over. But the word means to wait with expectation. You're looking a direction. There's, there's a purpose in your heart. There's a reason that you're waiting. And there's something you're waiting for. We're not just waiting for time to pass. We're waiting for something. And, and in this verse, he, he says the Lord is good to those who wait like that. Well, there's a difference between waiting and waiting. And here he helps us to understand that those that are looking to God, truly trusting him, truly determined to believe the Lord, to stand on his promise and to stay standing on his promise, God will be good to those. God will fulfill that word. It means something to have a hunger for the things of God. And I don't know that it can be overstated. The value of a spiritual hunger, a continual spiritual hunger. People hunger for all kinds of things in this world. They, they hunger for many things and they go to great lengths to fulfill those hungers. They pay a lot of prices. There are sacrifices, sometimes not to the betterment of the whole, in order to accomplish the longings and the hungers and uh, the plans that they have, and they'll sacrifice some things maybe they shouldn't sacrifice in order to accomplish these things, but a hunger drives, doesn't it? A hunger drives people. And sometimes, uh, if we're not careful, we can be driven ourselves into a direction that we feel like we really want to go. Well, ambition is good. If it's channeled in the right direction, we need to have some ambition, but a real hunger, when it gets a hold of somebody, can control you. It, it, it can absorb us. It can own us. That is not necessarily a healthy thing, but a spiritual hunger, we need to have that. We want that. We're interested in that. We want to be driven to the things of God. We want it to own us. We want a spiritual hunger to possess us. 
Because a spiritual hunger will uh, control the atmosphere in which we live. A spiritual hunger will control the habits we develop. A spiritual hunger will put us on our knees before God. A spiritual hunger will keep us focused. A spiritual hunger uh, keeps us with a purpose towards the things of God. If we lose a spiritual hunger and we become a little bit indifferent, we begin to die because we don't pray the same way. We love the Lord, but we don't pray the same way. And we're not sure really what we're praying about at times. We know we should pray, but we might not know why we should pray. Well, when we really have a spiritual hunger and we really have an interest in the things of God and we have an interest in souls being saved, we'll know what to pray for and it'll put us on our knees. And that's the kind of a hunger we want. To see the gospel go out, to see the gospel be what it should be, what it could be in every life. That's the kind of a hunger we want. And that's the kind of a hunger that we must keep alive individually. It falls on us to keep a hunger alive. It can die. We can be distracted. And and we've all been there at times when maybe we, we know that we should do better. We should draw a little closer. We need to get back to business. The business that really matters, and that's spending time with God, drawing closer to Him, and really discovering what's in that precious Word of God that God will fulfill to the one who is waiting and expecting. We're standing on that promise. You've been there. In desperate times, you find a a word, a verse there that speaks to your heart and uh, speaks to your need, and you recognize uh, God could do this. And you hold that verse close to your heart, and you, you tell the Lord you believe it. You remind yourself you believe it. You might write it down somewhere and, and, and place it where you can always see it. And you, you might go out to your car at lunch and you see it. It's sitting there on the dashboard. And there it is. You remind God, I believe it. And you tell yourself, I believe that word. And as you believe that and you stand on that, something begins to happen. There's a discipline that enters your life. And you recognize as you go back to work a little more refreshed, a little more focused, a little more determined. You start to recognize when things come in. That would distract your mind. That would distract your spirit. And you start to recognize, I don't want that. Because I'm trying to stay focused here. I know God wants to work. And the closer you get, the more you stand on that promise, the more real it becomes. Isn't that true? That word of God, a hunger is something that we must guard. It's like a a, a fire that is is going out. We must work. If you've ever been out in the woods uh, or at the beach or somewhere and you're trying to keep a a fire alive, especially... uh, when the weather might be a little adverse, there might be some wind, there might be some a uh, little bit of rain coming along, you work at it, you, you tend it, you move things around, you might blow on it, you might use a little bit of lighter fluid, you do whatever you have to do to keep that going. Well, how much more important is the spiritual hunger to keep alive? And if we keep that hunger alive, we'll find it begins to grow, we'll find our interest in God's Word begins to grow, and we'll find the reality of the Gospel begins to brighten up in our own lives. And we'll begin to realize this could happen. Why, why that thing that began as a distant hope, that, that verse that we, that began as a maybe, it becomes a reality in our life. We begin to think in our minds and our hearts, this could actually happen. I believe God could really do this. Isn't that worth keeping alive? Especially in a day like today. There are, there are things that we have to take care of, but there are so many things that become a distraction so quickly and so easily. There's no such thing as accidental spiritual victory. There's no such thing as accidental as an accidental saint. There's no such thing as accidentally drawing closer to God. There's no such thing as accidentally receiving from the hand of God. You will be able to trace it. 
The moment that you decided to make a decision, to make a change, to stand on that word and believe God, you'll be able to track it. God began to encourage you. God began to give that thing life and it began to grow in your heart that God could actually do this for you. And then God does it and you recognize the victory that is given you, but you could trace it. There was a decision and a determination in your own life. This is direction I must go. Regardless of what anybody else is doing, I must do this. This gospel has to be real to me. It is real. God will fulfill his word and a spiritual hunger is worth fighting for. It's worth everything. There are things that we're aware of now, I suppose, that we didn't used to be aware of that can cause us harm. UV rays, for example, we didn't used to be so careful being out in the sun. And now we are. We see the results of being out in the sun, I suppose, without protection. Things have come to light over the years. Asbestos is another one. They used to be used in all kinds of things, construction, automobiles, even clothing. The ancient Greeks even used it. But we've come to realize the danger and the slow uh, health hazards that uh, can envelop over time. And before you realize it, years down the road, you suffer because of the exposure, but you didn't realize it at the time. That can happen. We're aware of some of these things. Years ago, probably 25 years ago or so, some friends invited my wife and I over for dinner, and um, we had a good time. We went, and but uh, as sitting around the table there, I started having some trouble. My eyes started to water a little bit. My throat started to swell up a little bit. My nose started to itch a little bit, and I thought, I'm in trouble. And I, I thought, this has got to be a cat. I had bad allergies to cats, but there was no cat. And finally, I said, we have to go. I was, I was, I was in misery. My eyes were swelling and hurting, and uh, my throat was starting to close. I knew I had to change atmospheres. I had to get out of there. Well, they felt bad. They knew I had an allergy, so they put the cat out. Well, I didn't know they had a cat, but I had the effects of it. I knew full well what I had been around, and that's exactly how it is. We are in this world. And the atmospheres of this world will contaminate us, slowly but surely. So uh, slowly at first, we don't even recognize it, but we will suffer the effects of it. Unless we are determined to stay close to God, to keep a hunger alive, to rest on God's promises, to seek the things we know we need. We are seeking from the things that God has for us, that we can live a better Christian life, a closer Christian life. A fulfilled Christian life that he intended in the first place that we live. In Matthew chapter 5, Jesus talked about what a blessing it is to be hungry. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. They shall be filled. It's a blessing to be hungry. The gospel comes alive when we're hungry. Isn't that true? It comes alive. The word comes alive. Our expectations begin to rise. Our hopes begin to rise. And we begin to recognize I'm serving the creator of all things. Oh, we need those things alive in our life. And we're not seeking it. As we seek our deeper experiences, sometimes we say that, and and I suppose we know what we, we mean, but really we're seeking Him. The Holy Spirit is not an it. We're seeking Him, the third person of the Trinity. We're not seeking an experience. We are seeking a relationship. The third person... 
of the triune God, the Holy Spirit to dwell within, to lead us, to teach us, to quicken us. We must stay quickened. That's what the Holy Spirit does. He teaches us. He leads us. He strengthens us. He ministers the truth of God's word to our soul. That's what we're seeking. The indwelling presence of him. And he'll do it. Because he said he would. And he's faithful to the longing soul. The one that waits for him, but waits in expectation. The one that waits with a purpose in mind. The one that knows what they're waiting for. We can control the atmosphere we live in. Faith is a decision. It begins as a decision. There is inspiration in the gospel. There's no doubt about that. And there is real victory. There is power in the gospel. There is courage. There is boldness. And above all, there is the love of God in the gospel that overcomes all of it. I'm not sure you can fear somebody and love them with God's love at the same time, can you? What did Paul tell Timothy? He has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. This gospel holds us steady. But we have to determine that we're going to uh, draw close and keep the hunger alive, keep the fires burning, as it were. We spend time in prayer, quality time in prayer. You know how it is when you're hungry. I know when I have been seeking things from God how it is. The time you spend in prayer, you end up praying when you wouldn't normally pray. You're not watching the clock anymore because you're not praying because you're supposed to pray. You're praying to get in touch with Him. You're, you're praying to draw closer to Him. And that changes everything. And there's something about these words, the precious Word of God. You know, we, we have the promises. And we have them categorized, and we have books on them, and we have them itemized, and we have them grouped, and we have favorites. And sometimes we, we, we quote the same eight verses. You know, it doesn't hurt to read more of the Word, to learn that there's more in there that's precious. More than one time, God has brought me out on a verse I've never read before. Stumbling through God's word, trying to find some help. And God has spoke to me one particular time in a verse in Deuteronomy. I would never have turned to Deuteronomy for that need. But God met me. And that verse, he brought me out. God's word is alive and he can use any of it to encourage us any way that we need encouraged. But we have to get close. And we need to wait with expectation. That means we're praying. That means we're surrendering. That means we're drawing closer to God. But there's something about holding these verses and standing on these promises, when we stay with it, you've been there, right? When you have to stand and you have to keep standing, and the longer you stand, the more real it becomes, and soon you realize you're not holding it, it's holding you. That's the beauty of this gospel. What is that worth? One of my favorite accounts in God's Word and is Paul and the on that ship that's broken up in that horrible storm on his way to Rome. And, and Paul had been following the Spirit of the Lord. He'd been following the Lord's direction even when others thought he wasn't. But he was. And here he's in a situation that looks hopeless. I mean, it was, by all accounts. If you look at it practically, it was completely hopeless. There was, there was no hope at all. In fact, it tells us that. They had no hope of, of being saved. But, but Paul had been with the Lord. And the angel of the Lord had stood by. 
Paul, and he stood up there on that deck and he says, be of good cheer. The angels of the Lord told me, I'm going to make it and so are you. And I believe that it will be just as the Lord said. Well, we need to get to that place where we can say that too. I believe it, Lord, just as you said it. Regardless of circumstances, regardless of what I see, I believe that you said it and you fulfill your word. It wasn't long after that that the that circumstances got worse. And it was after that, I believe, that it tells us that all hope was taken away, that they would be saved. And they started to flee the ship. They threw out the tackling of the ship. Where is this promise that was supposed to be fulfilled? But Paul knew what God had given him. He wasn't holding it. It was holding him. He was still an encouragement. He encouraged them to eat. And then it tells us, after all that, then they were of good cheer. Paul was living in a different atmosphere. In the middle of a storm that's breaking up the ship, Paul is somewhere else. Paul is with God. He's with God in that atmosphere of, of complete confidence in God's word. And he knew that what God had put in his heart, God was going to fulfill. Isn't that wonderful what God does? If we'll just make an effort, we just, we just try a little bit to draw closer to, to God, he'll honor that. He'll honor that as we stand on that word. And we, we might not always know what to pray. We don't always know what to tell the Lord as we come down. Sometimes now when we're seeking the Lord, we're not sure what else to say. Sometimes we just need to let go. Of us. Of us. Don't worry about what you think you might want to hear. Don't worry about the uh, individual things you think he wants from you. Just let go of you. Let God have his way and start believing on that, uh, on that word and tell the Lord, I want to believe it. Help me to believe it. I'll stay with it. God will honor you. God will fulfill his word. That's what he does. The Lord will be here to encourage us tonight. Let's stand and sing number 410.